Well, would you look at this, Ben? I think this is like for the first time in ages, right? We've actually recorded one week exactly to the literally to the exact hour. Like we've been all over the place recently. It's amazing. I mean, in our defence, we both work shift patterns, so like yes. Well, mine change all the bloody time. I'm currently having two jobs. You've got uni, Mm. as well as running your company, the Articly Film Company, and also working in a theatre. So, I mean, hats off to us. I don't know how we've done it, but we're here. I know, and we're both out drinking whenever we're not working, so it's impressive we ever get to record this podcast. Exactly, exactly. Oh, God. I've literally just heard thunder outside my window, and I'm right by my window. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? British summertime, everybody, where we still get thunder. Um, welcome to the Arctic You Film podcast. Pleasure to have you listening. Uh, it's Jacob Dyer and Ben Heath with you. Coming up on the podcast today, we are going to be talking about Conversations with Friends, which is a, uh, a new series. It's on BBC iPlayer. Uh, we're going to be talking about the trailers. Um, we're going to be talking about Tokyo Vice. The news is back as well. And everything, everywhere, all at once is out in cinemas right now. And Ben has watched that. So Ben is going to be talking you through all of that. And Ben is currently drinking a Carling. Nope, I just smelt a half-open can of Carling, which must have been... Carling, mate? That's not the way forward. It's cheap. Yeah, you are at uni, I suppose. But um, it must have been here the last time I had a Zoom meeting on my desk, which was Wednesday, and then... Yeah, I just sniffed it to check how bad it smelled in it. And then what's that in the background on your mantelpiece? Another carling. There's actually a second one there. Um, <laughs> me and my mates counted the other day when I was on a Zoom call on Wednesday and we counted nine carlings and two Thatcher's ciders and there's also one empty bottle of wine, just empty. Just I haven't thrown it away. So my room is... You lit- are you're a proper uni student, right? I'm literally surrounded by empty alcohol cans and bottles and shit. Okay, and I've got some... What's your drink of choice at the minute? Carling. And I've got it's some... It's got to be cold, though. Do you have it cold? I have it room temperature. Oh, that's so not no, the... You don't have it cold. That's not the Carling box. I have just an empty box of Carling that I haven't been to yet. And yeah, I, and it's a massive twenty pack we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah, and I've got another one right beside me. Just my rum's a tip. Well, maybe hold off the booze for this podcast, Ben. Also, I don't have a splinter this week as well, which is which is good, which is nice. We're we'll to be faffing around that, uh, with that and going, yes. That was hilarious. Because also, I listened back to it. It was the most random thing ever, and I just think that perfectly perfectly sums up our podcast. Hmm. Have fun with it. We have fun. Also, splinters are just naff. Like, oh, they're a pain in the arse. But isn't there that thing that what you need to do when you touch wood? Well, when you touch wood, wood, not that type of wood, is you need to hold it really. Uh, Is you need to hold it like really tight, and you can't let your grip move. (laughs) That's how you get splinters. Painful. But you right. get splinters if when you're holding wood, your grip moves. And Ben, this is why, in this is the case where we shouldn't visualise the podcast, because <laughs> you are actually doing the action. Yeah. 
Right. Have you watched the games, Ben? I've been so obsessed with them this week. Do you know what it is? I watched an episode. Right. So for our listeners that don't know, essentially what it is, is a bunch of celebrities, your girls, your boys, uh, and they undertake a intense training program for a variety of sports you know swimming cycling sprinting hurdles weightlifting was in there climbing was in there uh hammer throw uh, can, uh, kayaking intense kayaking go on ben. hammer throw was in there hammer throw was in there javelin was in there and it's just an intense sport pro uh like training thing uh training period and then essentially like a mini olympics and i know you love the olympics ben so i thought you'd love this because they've actually got the i don't know their names but the actual olympic commenters commentators are on board doing the commentary for this i loved it i got really hooked i thought it was really interesting i thought well i mean i don't want to brag but i am gonna brag the winning time for the men's uh 50 meters front crawl was 32 seconds set by wes nelson my PB is 29. That's all I'm fucking saying. That's quite a bit quicker as well, isn't it? That is quicker for 50 metres. Um, no. Yeah, I can get it. I haven't swam in ages. Um, no, on a genuine, I watched one episode. I'm not even sure if I finished the episode, if I'm brutally honest. <laughs> right. Diving was also in there. Love the diving. Roy it's... Thomas's trunks fell down. <laughs> So, if I watch, like, Olympic sports, I want to watch Olympians. You love, you love the Olympics, right? Yeah, I want to watch, like, I love watching all sports. Um, yeah. If I watch sports, I want to watch, that's like that, because it's essentially like watching a school sports day. Like, I want to watch the proper Olympians do it. Um, and there used to be the show in the UK, I can't remember what it's called, where they literally got all the Olympians to try each other's discipline. And I wonder if getting people who won gold at Tokyo or Rio, the recent Olympics, to compete in other disciplines could be more exciting because... For a different sport, you could get your, you know, someone who did really well at javelin to do diving. Mm. Yeah, you could get, like, you have a similar format, but instead of having everyday celebrities, you get Olympians. Because yeah, And it is the deadliest celebrities we're talking about. Ryan Thomas, who's... You know, big, big brother. He's on this morning sometimes. Love love him, but he's a Z-lister. you got Olivia mm. Atwood in there, Christine McGuinness, who I love. Melby's daughter's in there. Mm. Um, it, they're not like... Yeah, surely it would be... Like I, Firstly, I have no problem with Z-list celebrities. I, I prefer Z-list celebrities. More than... down to earth, aren't they? And plus, A-listers wouldn't do this. Yeah, really, do you really want to watch Tom Cruise learn how to cook? Like... You don't want to watch Tom Cruise on MasterChef, do you? No. It's it's the Z-list celebrities. What? Nor do you want to watch him on Strictly. No, it's the Z-list celebrities who you don't know. You end up getting more of an attachment. But yeah. it also, I really liked the Jump a few years ago, and I would much rather have a new season of the Jump. I did like the Jump as well, but didn't too many people get injured? Yeah, but that's part of the fun of it. I don't want celebrities to do TV I, show and not get I brutally really hurt. Like Splash. I really like Splash, that Tom Daly diving show, but this is like this incorporated that. It just felt, and I'd say this in no way derogatory, but it's totally derogatory itself. It felt too 
ITVE. It felt too tryhardy for what was essentially a school sports like day. I didn't like ceremonies. I thought they were unnecessary. But I thought it's a family show, even though it's on post nine o'clock. I thought, you know what? It attracted, I don't know how many viewers, but a lot of millions. Did really well. It was a nice change. It was millions, Ben. I, um, no, I, I haven't seen the numbers, so I physically... Fact check, Ben! Um, and you know what? I thought it was a nice bit of fun. Not the most amazing thing I've watched, but, it, you know, it was five nights. It was five was nights it only five TV. nights? Yeah, it's done now. So it was nice. Um, so, let's... Viewers? Okay, let's try ratings instead of figures. There was a dip. Um, as there is with everything. As there is. Okay, so. Um, after clocking, it clocked 2 million on Monday nights. Um, but Monday night, which is good, it's alright. 2 million from Monday night, 9 o'clock. Um, but 500,000 had dropped off by Tuesday. Which is a fair chunk who had went, and I can't find Friday or Thursday, so I can imagine it kept on dropping. Um, which would that be enough for season two? I, I I thought it actually got better. Yeah, but I'm talking like the amount of people who watch. You know. Um, but did you like the show, Ben? From what you saw, like you know, would you say it's, it's a nice family show, right? Look. If you actually have a TV and it's nine o'clock and you flick something on the box, it does the trick. Right. I watched on ITV Hub. <laughs> the ITV Hub. Um, ben, what have you been watching this week? Anything particularly exciting? I've had a lot of uni essays to do, so the only real thing I watched all week was Eurovision last night, which was... Oh, don't tell me you like Eurovision. I love Eurovision. It's awesome. I, I think it's spectacular. spectacular. I, I really don't like it. You know, you know what? It's the greatest I'm, celebration of camp in the world. Admit, I've never got into it. You need to also be quite drunk to watch it. That's when it's at its peak. Right. Yeah, but that's with anything you can enjoy when you're drunk, right? Mm. Um, but you know, I've never got into it, and I think. Did you watch it growing up? Yes. So I think a lot of people that love Eurovision are people that have always watched it. Families have always watched some things. But if your family never did, then you've never got a a feeling, a want to watch it. And you're never going to, to love it. I did watch uh, the UK performance, uh, the UK entry. Sam Ryder, I think his yep. name is. He was great. He came second. Yeah, I know. Wild. I was, what? I think we we could have won. I think in any other year, we probably would have won. But Ukraine's I, uh, entry was amazing, though. Yep, and I am fully behind supporting Ukrainian culture when Vladimir Putin's trying to spunk all over it. Um, but like, I do think with Eurovision, firstly. I think it's really camp and I think it's really fun. I also think it was probably 70 years before its time because it's perfect for like the modern TikTok social media generation in the fact it's so outrageous. Um, 10 million people watched it in the UK last night which is its highest it's been in 10 years 
Um, But because I think it is so ridiculous. Also, just the voting. Like, I know it doesn't... No no show's ever made voting as tense as Eurovision has. It's a genius format, entertainment format. And it's so batshit mental. I think for one night a year, it's quite fun to sit back and enjoy. I, You know what I do want with Eurovision, though? Some female uh, presenters slash commentators for the UK. Because it's Graham Norton, Ryland, and Scott Mills, right? Yeah. Where's our women at? So, firstly... All three of them are gay men, which is a massive chunk of Eurovision audience. And I do think you do need that really gay man sense of sarcasm and cheek and rudeness to go through the whole thing. Also, let's be honest, we had Amanda Holden on there last year and she was a national embarrassment. Mel Gibberich used to do it for a cut for like five years. She used to do the semis. Or Sarah Cox did it. Sarah Cox did it. She did it in for Ryland, didn't she? She's done it. She did it before Ryland. Uh, Mel Gibberich did it. Um, look, I think if the UK was to ever host the show, there would be women hosting it. I reckon it'd probably be Scott Mills and AJ Dudu hosting the event with Graham Norton still on the commentating. But, you know. Do you think AJ Dudu be, like, is she big enough to host it? I, don't know. I think she would probably be the pick now because... Well, she did the live calling voter thing yesterday, so she was part of the team this year, and um, the prop and she liked the show. And they're gonna stick with someone. They're gonna have to go for some, if you do it. You have to have presenters who are willing to go batshit mental, and flow with how stupid the show is, and have no dignity. You know, Mika hosted it last night for Italy. Jacob's frozen on me. Um, so instead, while Jacob has gone, um, yep, he's really gone. I think I've got his weird smiling face looking at me right now. If you ever want to, that's freaky. Um, I think let's get on with our first review, and that is everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, it's in cinemas exclusively. It's directed by the Daniels, um, who directed um, Swiss Army Man, otherwise known as the Farting Corpse movie. Jacob's really not come back yet. I'm kind of frightened for him now. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he's not just pranking me. Um, oh, he's fucked off completely. So, um, Everything Everywhere All At Once is a film starring Michelle Yeoh as a woman who owns a laundrette um, and the IRS are coming and she's struggling to relate to her kids and then suddenly she finds out she's the only person who can save the multiverse by going into her other family, going into the bodies of her other self. Now, this film is fucking mental in the best way possible. It's creative, it's exciting, it is everything I wanted Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to be, and so, so much more, because it has its heart on its sleeve. Um, Like, it feels like you're in kind of a lucid dream, just going through these spaces with these characters. It's like you feel like you're on your wildest perimeters of your imagination. Um, like you're having seriously high right now when you're watching the film. Um, and it has kind of... It feels as smart as The Matrix did when that was really revolutionary. Or it kind of has the feel of a Michael Gondry film with films such as 
Um, it. Oh, what's that? What's that film I'm blinking on? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Why did I write Michael Gondry and not Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Um, but you That was me messaging you. Yep, I figured. Um, but this film, it's got running jokes on butt flags while still being epically sincere. It explores intergenerational trauma brilliantly. It's like a fireworks show, a wild invention. It's got proper emotional storytelling. It's comedic genius. The action's amazing. Michelle Yu's brilliant. It's everything cinema was invented for and more. Hi, Ben. Hi, Jacob. You're back. I, you remember how I said there was thunder outside? The Wi-Fi's just completely gone down, so I'm currently personal hotspotting my laptop. So it's going to drain my 4G. <sighs> That's great. But I'm just impressed that I actually have 4G that works in Dorset. Yeah, actually, that's the shocking factor. Four G in Dorset. I know, especially when we are where we are in Dorset. I know. I'm going back to Dorset next week. Briefly. Are you? Oh, we'll have to go for a pint. I mean, I'm literally getting there on Tuesday night and leaving on Thursday afternoon. But we'll go for a pint. It's okay. We can do Wednesday. Wednesday is there night. I've got my grandfather's birthday. That's why I'm going back. But um. You know. I love how Ben and I are making plans about our pints, uh, which you've listening right now probably don't care about, just how uh, I particularly don't care about Eurovision. All right, Ben, some big news this homophobic, week. Homophobic, that comment. No, it's not. There's nothing more homophobic than not liking Eurovision. Nothing. That, ben, don't even do that. <laughs> don't even do that. I'm, take, I'm messing with you, mate. God, gosh, you've right put the willies up, you know. <laughs> I want to be employed by the BBC, Ben. Remember that, right? So don't go around saying you don't like Eurovision. <laughs> um, Ben, one story here. You put it in the middle, but I just want to talk about it first. because This is the it, one that you're the expert on. It's fucking crazy. The CW, the one of the biggest networks in America, have cancelled seven series for the 2022-2023 season. What the fuck? Including three pilots that were made this year. The shows that are on their first series, damn, getting the, getting the axe. But I think in a, this is this time of year where we do see a lot of American TV get shot, but uh, particularly on the CW this year, as rumour has it, well, no, it is. The CW is up for sale. Okay, so there are a couple of things here. Um, firstly, they did order all three pilots instead of chopping them. Um, secondly, I think this is a large chunk of long COVID as well because they haven't cancelled any shows the last two years. So these are also some underperforming shows that haven't been chopped because they didn't chop anything during COVID, um, which is why it's such a massive net move. Also, CW is owned by Warner Brothers, which has just been owned in the Time Warner, in the Warner Discovery, Time Warner merger. Um, so it's new ownership. They're cutting dead wood. It's everything to I mean, be I'm sad Legends of Tomorrow is going. Yeah, no, this is why I massively like UK TV, because they kind of go, we'll do free TV shit series, we'll finish it before it gets cancelled without our will. Like... That's how you do it. 
And the thing is with me that, that struck me about this, like with Arrow and Supergirl that have been cancelled previously on the CW shows that I watch, um, they've said this is going to be Arrow's last season, this is going to be Supergirl's last season. So you watch it and you, like, you know, you see it all wrap up, but unfortunately Legends is just stopping. Batwoman's also been axed. Um, however, that doesn't shock me because the show has been absolute shit since Ruby Rose left. Um, and it was never going to recover, really, was it? Mm. They could have had someone else play the same character as Ruby Rose, but they literally want a whole new character, like, to be the lead. Mate, not going not gonna to work. Um, how do you feel about this, Ben? You feel pretty unaffected, I assume. Uh, yeah, you, you know me too well, Jacob. I don't really give a shit. Um, there seven... uh, you care about loads of people losing their jobs, I'm sure. Yes. But lots of these talented... You are fool! No. But lots of, all of these talented people... Okay, not all of them. Many of these talented people will get jobs on other TV shows. Like... So, I'm not sad in that sense because all of the ones with proper talent will get jobs elsewhere, hopefully. And it's the way TV works and the performing shows are cancelled quite heartlessly. Um... And I wasn't watching any of them, so as a viewer, it literally does not affect me one bit. What else has been in the news this week, then, Benjamin? So, Christopher Walken has joined the cast of John... I don't know why my Christopher Walken accent's German. Um, I can't do a Christopher Walken impression. Um, that was why you tried. Because it's iconic. Everyone, you should, everyone should yeah, be able to do... you just made it un-iconic. Every, you know who Christopher Walken is, Jacob, right? Yes. Yeah, anyway, he's joined June Part 2 um, as the Emperor. Um, I don't know my June law from my June non-law, but Christopher Walken, he rides out a pretty star cast, including everyone from the first June that came out last year that I didn't love as much as most other people did. I thought it was kind of blah. Um, but we also have Florence Pugh joining. We've got Elvis star Austin Butler's coming in to the role that Sting played that involves Sting in tight shorts in the 1984 original. Thanks for pointing out the tight shorts thing. It's the only thing I know about that role that Austin Butler's playing, and I don't know <laughs> anything about Christopher Walken's role. Um, look, Denis Villeneuve, he's made some brilliant sci-fi. Um, and my main problem with June Part 1 was the fact that it ended halfway through a story, and I love Christopher Walken. So... Maybe I'm going to be a bit excited for the second one. Exactly. Uh, well, you're just excited for more tight shorts. All the tight shorts. I don't care who wears them. I want every type of tight short. We need more tight shorts seen in film and TV shows. Even on Benedict Cumberbatch? Well, actually, let's have him not in tight shorts. We know what this podcast's obsessed with. Um, okay, also, there's been some sequel news, uh, not, not, not as big as your Avatar sequel, but, uh, Turn It Up to Eleven Spinal Tap sequel is in the works for 2024. I said that wrong, didn't I? So, basically, this is Spinal Tap, it's... I said it right! So, comedy sequels, famously terrible, famously terrible... And this is Spinal Tap is iconic. It's an iconic 80s comedy. But Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner's returning. Who, he made Spinal Tap in one of the greatest runs of any directors 
have ever had, including films like Misery and um, The Princess Bride and many, many others. So if he's... The film I told you to watch. Yep. So if he's coming back and the cast are all coming back, which means it might actually work, um, this is Spinal Tap, a re... a new sequel, or it could be a cash grab. We'll never know. Well, we will know in 2024 when it comes out. Okay. Tokyo Vice. Now this... What is this on? It's a Stars TV show? So Stars TV, which is some quite good TV I've never shows heard on. Of it. Well I've never heard of Stars TV. It's been a slow week for TV and film. Um Stars TV play, it's a you well, I think it's in the States as well. It's like an additional streaming service. I have it through my Apple. It has shows like Tokyo Vice, obviously. It also had the new Julia Roberts Gaslit show on that we all know because um Dan Stevens did his um, Boris Johnson jibe on the one show promoting Gaslit. That's the only cultural relevance that show has. Um, it also has The Great on there. Many, many shows on stars. Lots of good shows, actually. It's quite good quality over there. Um, and Tokyo Vice is no exception. Um, Station Eleven, another brilliant stars TV show. Um, so it's set, Station Eleven is set in 1990s, Japan. And reporter Jake Elston, played by Ansel Elgott, who I'm never going to be comfortable watching on screen again, um, who tries to cover a story about corruption within the Tokyo Metropolitan Police for a Japanese newspaper. It's based off the memoir by Jake Elston, um, and it's directed by legendary, legendary crime director Michael Mann. Um, and the pilot episode is sensational. Because he really gets the facts and there are so many facts you feel it all come through. Um, you feel the crime beats um, because it's, there's a world class talent calling the shots. Which makes it utterly thrilling. And Ansel Elgott, look, personal life aside, um, and he's much better here than he was in West Side Story. He's actually terrific here. The writing's crisp, the acting's powerful, it feels really Japanese, which is awesome, instead of feeling like an American show set in Japan, it feels Japanese as you go along the adventure. Um, and I've seen a couple of episodes, and it gets better with each one. Um, it does demand your patience a little bit, but I think it's really worth the effort. That doesn't fill me with hope when you say... It's really worth the effort. By that, I mean it's really worth watching. <laughs> it's a slow start that builds up to something I quite spectacular. No, I think, well, I think watching anything's effort. And no, watching I'm things watching shouldn't be effortless. No, I've been watching before and after this podcast. What? Have a guess. The Flash. Friends. Yeah, but watching stuff shouldn't be effortless. You should be pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying new films and TV shows and trying challenging films and TV shows. It's good to have your... It is your good to have your blanket. comfort blanket. But if you only watch your comfort blanket, you're not actually making the most of your comfort blanket. You need to push your taste. I do. I... Hustle. So, no, this film could go either way. We're on trailer talk now. Um, it's coming out on Netflix. Um, 
and it's about a basketball scout who tries to revive his career by recruiting a player with a checkered past from overseas to play in the NBA. Now, it's, it's the, directed by Jeremiah Zega, who I haven't seen one of his films. I don't know much about um, its lead. And this is why I'm kind of both really excited and terrified as Adam Sandler. <coughs> now... Uh, the thing is with him, right, I feel like whenever I, I see Adam Sandler in a film, I walk away thinking, wow, that was good. Or, oh God, that was shit. Yes. There's no in-between. I think Adam Sandler is a really, really great actor. Uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Love, Funny People. I also think he's one of the laziest actors working. And I can't quite work out whether this is going to be an uncut gems, Adam Sandler. Or, look, shitty Adam Sandler films are a dime a dozen. He's made a, he makes a good film once every ten years. And he made a good film three years ago, which doesn't make me optimistic. Um, plus, it's coming straight to Netflix, which makes me even less optimistic. And it's coming in June. But... I'm hoping to be surprised because Uncut Gems was brilliant and when Adam Sandler's on it he's on it and it's got a fresh new director and it's not got any of his Adam Sandler comedy crew in I just realised I introduced that in the most weird way ever I didn't say oh now I'm straight to talk I just went hustle you did um, it was set in your mood House of Dragon. House Sadly. of Dragon, not House of Gucci, which we all loved last year. Um, House of Dragon is... I have to get that in every mention possible. House of Dragon is um, a spin-off from Game of Thrones. We had a second trailer for it. If you like Game of Thrones, I'm sure you'll like this show, and I'm sure this trailer will show you Game of Thronesy thingies. I never really liked Game of Thrones. Game of Thronesy thingies. But I never liked Game of Thrones, so my reaction to this trailer was, oh, it's all Game of Thronesy thingies. What an amazing critic you are. Game of Thronesy thingies. As I said... So with your real words. As I said, I never watched Game of Thrones. It felt like a game of, full of Game of Thronesy thingies. But it has Matt Smith, so I might watch this one. You like Matt Smith? Who doesn't like Matt Smith? Also, I did you like see the Doctor Who news today? No. For the 60th anniversary, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are returning as the Doctor and Donna. <laughs> no way! That's an excited scream. They genuinely, I'm going to be honest, they are the best Doctor Who and partner in crime. Oh yeah, totally, it's going to be sick. Like, I can't believe, oh that's so excited! <laughs> Oh, oh, you God, actually man. just screeched. I know, I'm bloody excited. I didn't know that. Like, I did not read that. You just thought, oh, this is brand new information to me. I'm bloody excited for that. Yeah, because it was announced and I haven't I... watched the show. I haven't watched the show since the uh, Matt's first series. Well, don't worry. We've got a new Doctor next week, next year, and we've got Rusty Davis back. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give it a... I will give it a try. I'm you might as well even on. watch the centenary special this year because then at least you get to watch some Jodie before she gets. That's my impression of a regeneration. I did it full body, but Jacob. Is that, are, you, are you still watching Doctor? 
Yeah, I still watch it just for nostalgia. Davros and the Daleks still kicking about. There's still there's the Daleks. Like as Doctor Who, the Daleks come up once a year, once a season. Is Davros still about? He was always my favourite. He's not been on for years, years he, and years. Well, not since Tennant. Not since Tennant, no. Maybe he comes back. We love him. Well, yeah, I mean, classic villain. No, this. Cybermen's still in it. Cybermen still kick about. Is Doctor Who. You have the Master, the Cybermen, and the Daleks regularly coming. I. What was that one? Do you remember the giant Cyberman in that Christmas special? Honestly, no, because I've watched an awful lot of Doctor Who over the years. And do you remember, I like the one episode when the, the Daleks and the, the Titans were in it together. Titans? No, what, oh, what did I just call Cybermen, oh my god. And I just called a Cyberman the Titan. Yeah, I, I might do a rewatch before the 60th. Only new Who. I'm not going back to the old stuff. That's why well, I'd have to pay for Britbox to watch that, and I'm not doing that. Fair enough. Westworld. Yep, Jacob just shouting things at me. It's <laughs> really not catching on, is it? I won't do that again. It's, it's not working. <laughs> Westworld. Westworld. The name of a Fortnite location, unofficially. Well, the TV show. Um, yep, so there's a weirdest trailer for the fourth season of the HBO TV show. I watched the third season, can't remember what happened, so the fourth season, the trailer for this show, I was like, what, 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 what? Yeah, it's more Westworld, more Westworld's coming. Westworld was good for a season, and then it's become confusing for about two, so maybe four will be okay. Who knows, it's Westworld. Westworld. And it's got Tandy Newton, and who doesn't love Tandy Newton? Ben, one thing I want to talk about briefly before we get into uh, reviewing Conversations with Friends, which is on BBCI Player is the rumour that I'm sure you have an opinion on that ads are coming to Netflix. How's this going to work? Well, are I... you still, is it becoming a free service and then your subscription, you subscribe to get it with no ads? I assume that's not the case. So, what I think will happen... It's because they are slowly bumping all the tiers up. I don't think it will affect the costs we currently pay. I just think below the bottom one, they'll put a tier in where you have ads as well. Um, so you don't think it's what everyone is expecting? Well, no, a lot of people are misconstruing it. As I think it's being a misconstruction. 20 minutes through an hour episode there's going to be an outbreak so i think it will be like i think they'll do a bottom tier i think i don't think they will change it so people will at their current prices will have ads on their netflix because for a fa for a company that's starting to fail that would be a suicidal move but i think they will put a bottom tier on that will also be kind of cheap um, I can see pop-ups on the side of the screen as well, like on the menu. Yeah, and I think for the bottom tier, yeah, that's where you'd have that you watch 20 minutes, a couple of ads, three minutes of ads come, you watch 20 minutes, three minutes of ads come. Right. So you reckon a cheaper subscription is going to come out? Yes, below. I think that's what they've announced or what they would do. Um, I don't think it, they will go to the top ones because I think that's just how you lose subscribers, isn't it? In it. Isn't it? Let's talk about 
conversations with friends, which I haven't watched, but I do want to watch because um, I have heard good things. Do you like this show, Ben? So this show is based off Sally Rooney's novel. Um, Sally Rooney, who also wrote Normal People, which blew up, God, two years ago now, um, when everyone yeah, wanted massive. to. That was massive. Yeah, because that was the hottest thing everyone's ever seen on TV. And it's this show's also heavily directed by, uh, by Lenny Abramson, who did Normal People. It's 12 half-hour episodes. It feels very similar. Um, it's the relationship between 21-year-old Frances, played by Alison Oliver, and her best friend slash ex-girlfriend, Bobby, played by Sasha Lane. They're both of them is tested as they grow closer to a couple, to an older couple, Melissa, played by Jeremy Kirk, who you know is the head teacher from season three of Sex Ed, and her husband, who's an actor, Nick, played by Joe Allen, who you'll know for being Taylor Swift, Swift's boyfriend, um, and affairs happen, and this and that. Um, now, I do think the drama asks some important questions, such as whether as humans we expect ourselves to be squeezed into important roles and I also think it looks beautiful they go on a holiday to Croatia that looks stunning and the cinematography is great if you want a happy ending watch a Hallmark film if you want a Sally Rooney show watch Conversations with Friends it's got that kind of normal people feel and vibe it's set in Dublin as well it's you'll either love it or you'll hate it I enjoyed it Uh, I think there is not enough Irish TV shows kicking around Oh, we we don't have enough. We need way more. And I find the Irish bloody hilarious. Wait, were you yeah, being, a, were you being legitimately serious on that point? Everything's set in Ireland at the moment. Ready? Yeah. Derry Girls, Holding, Young Offenders, Conversations with Friends, Normal People. These are just stuff that have come out over the last couple of years that I can think of off the top of my head. Um. I personally don't feel like I've seen enough. Well, I think that's on you, not on TV. What Derry Girls. Okay, well, sorry for voicing my opinion on a podcast where we're meant to voice opinions. No, no, I'm always here for more Irish TV. I love Irish TVs and Derry Girls. There's a a couple that uh, I regularly see down the pub, and they're Irish, and they are the most fun people I know. Love them. Jacob being a pub regular at 20. I'm 19, actually. Jacob being a pub regular at 19. And it's a proper local country Dorset pub where people have their own glasses that they bring in and always drink out the same like glasses. Yeah. Wait, people do that? Well, yeah. I went Dorset there. People do that? What? <laughs> um, do you know what else I enjoyed this week, Ben? What? Loot Men. They did a like one-off loose men special. They do like one or two editions a year. I think, right? It should become at least a weekly thing. So my objections towards doing it regularly is that loose women is all about highlighting um, middle-aged women who are actually often invisible on film and TV, and that's the audience it plays for in a similar role to Women's Hour. On the contrary. Loose men, middle-aged men, are very overrepresented in viewpoint over TV, radio. Film. However, their discussions about mental health, they were talking about, you know, freezing sperm and things like that, and, you know, men talking about plastic surgery and things like that. 
those conversations are underrepresented. Those com, but I think the reason why loose women's there and loose women's important culturally as a show is it's about representing a group who aren't represented, and I don't think we should take back on that space. That's my opinion. Okay. I really enjoyed the watch and I fully understand everything you're saying. It would just be nice to have loose men and more discussions on primetime TV. In addition... Maybe to... cut an hour off this morning. Or cut half an hour off this morning and half an hour of Good Morning Britain and back-to-back them. Or get rid of Lorraine. Yeah, or get rid of Lorraine. That's a much easier suggestion. Although, Wait, I do no, like Lorraine. She's a national treasure as well. What was... Yeah. what? T- she was on a TV show where she played herself recently... And then she started talking about the TV show where she played herself on her show. And they showed the clip. And they did the whole goggle box. You know, you know that this country scene where they literally did quite metally went, so I'm watching Gogglebox and you're making a mockumentary on me. So if on Gogglebox they watch me it, and I watch that, it'll be me watching them watching me watching them. And then Gogglebox watched the clip and they kept on going in that meta way. It was literally like that. Um, you know what, we do have to talk about in a couple of weeks. The coverage of the Queen's Jubilee. Yeah, we're not talking about that. I'm a Republican. And on that note, this has been the RTU Film Podcast. You've been also, by I mean Republican, I do not mean like Democrat-Republican. I think the Republican Party are evil. I mean, I'm an anti-royalist. Let's clear that up. And you say that proudly. Very proudly. I am not an anti-royalist at all um get to the website i'll take your film read some of ben's articulating film and tv reviews uh follow us on twitter at articulate film if you have enjoyed the podcast please hit the follow button uh slash the subscribe button so you don't miss an upload uh please do comment let us know what you thought about the podcast we would love to hear from you it's been jacob and ben we'll catch you on the next one goodbye Bye.